With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It's time for Dima Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Dima Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Dima National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Dima Live. Dima Live is a podcast and live interactive radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. Dima Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. For our live show listeners, you can submit questions on the blogtalkradio.com website. You can also text any of your questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number is 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack. I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and I'll be your host for today. I'm joined today by my co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional based in the New York area. Today's show is a follow-up from last week's show. We'll be following up with Gina Murphy-Darling on the topic of sustainable living in the private service industry. Gina is a leader and educator in the global sustainability movement. Lovingly referred to as Mrs. Green's World, she's a fellow podcaster who is working to increase awareness and knowledge regarding the topic of sustainability. On last week's episode, we discussed some of the history and background that led to the current interest in the topic of sustainable living. Today, we'll be picking up that discussion and addressing some of the ways we might all be able to implement a more sustainable approach to managing our households, both for our principals, suppliers, and for ourselves as individuals. DJ, before, uh, before we bring uh, Miss, uh, Mrs. Green onto the show, uh, I know it's been a short week uh, since uh, we were since we were on the show. I actually had an opportunity to do a special Dima Live with Globe Midwest Adjusters about the steps to take in the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those that have been impacted by this devastating storm. Uh, we've also been getting some excellent feedback from last week's discussion. So I know you're really passionate about the uh, the topic that we're talking about. So before we get going, though. I would like to, uh, as always, uh, find out what's new in your neck of the woods and what's going on with you. Hey, Matt. Great to talk to you again today. Uh, we, uh, in, in New York, it's just a beautiful uh, week. This is the time of year when the trees are just starting to change color. And I have to tell you, this is one of the most beautiful times to be in New England. So I, uh, I for all the folks who are up in our neighborhood or neck of the country, it's just such a lovely time to be here. Um, so that's what's happening here in New York. I caught your show though. And, uh, the other day with the, uh, in insurance folks, and I got to tell you, it's so interesting and timely that we're talking about 
sustainability and some of the interesting topics related to environmental conditions and the hurricanes, the predictions are for hurricanes to become stronger. And I think that what you guys were talking about as far as preparedness and some of the things related to following up after this event and our hearts go out for the folks down south that have have really been devastated by this. But maybe I thought before we start talking to Gina that you could just review with us some of the things that you guys talked uh, about on your show just for a few minutes and give us some of the highlights of that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was uh, it was extremely timely as uh, Globe Midwest Adjusters uh, International has uh, recently become a new global affiliate member. Um, they represent and have handled claims in all 50 states um, and have dealt with several uh, insurance uh, property situations and disasters, including uh, providing seminars for uh, uh, Hurricane Katrina, Rita, and Ike. So. I was really uh, I was really blessed to be able to have Ethan Gross, who's the uh, VP and COO of Globe Midwest Adjusters, uh, on the show. And what we talked about was not necessarily preparedness for a hurricane, uh, because by the point that we by the time we had already done our show on Friday, um, Hurricane Matthew had already started to come through and, and had already come through Miami. Uh, it was a very mm-hmm. slow moving storm, uh, as you know, uh, unfortunately. So it, it took some time, you know, to, to, to get through the, uh, uh, through the Florida area. And, uh, but some of the things that we talked about was number one, you know, what is a, what is a public adjuster? How can they help uh, the private service professional? Um, we also talked about, um, you know, what, what are the first things that an estate manager should do when they return to their property after a hurricane or any type of, uh, emergency situation, uh, which, you know, which the same steps would occur in a fire and loss situation. So we talked about that. We talked about how to properly secure um, the the insurance companies and the uh, restoration companies to immediately start getting rid of the water um, from the uh, storm surge and, and things like that. We also talked about Uh, how to prepare the insurance claim. Who does that? Is it the insurance company that handles it or is it the actual private service professional that has to do that? And then, you know, basically, uh, is it in the hands of the owners to hire a contractor of their choice or do you have to use the people that the insurance company requires them to use? So um, there were a lot of just fantastic things that we talked about and, um, and it was really, really good, uh, from that perspective. So, um, it was, it was good. It was good to be able to, and very timely, as you said, you know, to be able to have people and resources like that at our fingertips, it was huge. So, um, you know, that was, that was yeah, great. And if I could just interject one quick thing, this is, I know from my experience working in private service that, it's right after you have an event like this that everybody starts talking about, well, we need to have an emergency plan. We need to have a plan for when something goes wrong. And a lot of times there'll be a little effort there at the beginning, right after some big event happens or like right after 9-11 or any of these kind of major events. But I know from experience that a lot of times that just kind of gets sloughed off to the side with other things that seem to be more pressing at the moment. And those emergency plans and preparedness plans never quite get fully fleshed out. And I think that yeah. for those in private service, this is a great opportunity to to take advantage of the things that some of the insurance companies even offer as far as support for developing a good emergency plan for the future as well. So 
Yep, absolutely. And I believe uh, Gina, are, are you uh, are you on this? On I the, am. Uh, show I'm here? listening so so intently. Yes. Excellent. Good morning. Excellent. Well, we. Hi, Gina. Good morning. Uh, well, welcome to the welcome back to the show. And um, you know, we were just talking about uh, Hurricane Matthew and the impact that 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 uh, that it had. Um, I have to say it because if I say he, people might confuse me with Hurricane Matthew, and, and we don't want that to happen. So, um, but uh, we well, you know you've had yeah. an impact, though. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, DJ. I appreciate that. Um, so, but what I wanted to do, uh, Gina, is is obviously you know welcome you back onto the show first and foremost. Um, we obviously appreciate you. Uh, giving uh, your your time to all of our listeners here at, in Dima land. And, uh, and we appreciate that, but um, we were going to do a quick uh, synopsis and a, a little bit of uh, where we, where we left off from last week. So could you just kind of touch on some of the things that, that we discussed about uh, from the history and background information that, that we talked about on last sure. week's show? And I've even heard some, I listened to a podcast, another podcast recently that was so relevant to our discussion last week and following up this week and, you know, the history of human activity on the planet. Okay, just a very short century and a half ago, we were mild footprints instead of big giants stomping down on everything, let's be honest. And just in the past 50 years, our food production and our demand on water and the the way that we're literally needing to feed the agricultural growth is unbelievable. So, you know, you know you had the late 1800s where the industrial revolution changed things forever, and I would like to say that you know it was the ability yes to do large-scale projects. Now we're in the technology age. So, I think we've gone from like 0 to 100 kind of in a nanosecond, the way that we live. I mean, the first time I was on an airplane, I was 21 years old. My kids flew in utero (laughs) from then on, you know what I mean? So it's like flying became just the thing you did. It became very affordable. And I think not intentionally there have been, you know, intentionally some conservation movements in the early 1900s. And then you had – you know, um, Rachel Carson, The Silent Spring, in the 70s, it was kind of like late hippie, let's do this. Um, But really and truly, now we have climate science and the current sustainability movement from where I sit is not just gaining traction, but it's gaining the attention of really big companies that literally are major consumers, massive consumers, major carbon footprint makers, and they realize that what they're doing isn't sustainable. So it's like the bad news, we hurried up and started doing a lot of draining of resources that are not renewable and making a lot of pollution. There's the whole social um, justice piece of it. And now I think I have to believe that the current sustainability movement, people care and they're looking a little bit more. So that was kind of a long answer, but that is the recap. Well, that definitely gets us up to speed. And for anyone that did not catch that show, shame on you. Uh, you, you should have been listening last I know. week. It was a great um, show. But, but, you know, but, but we can, we can throw out, you know, uh, a little bit of excuses. It was a different time and, you know, maybe that threw people off. So, 
we'll we'll let that be the reason that they were unable to catch last week's show. But right. they we still should have listened to the podcast. Either. They have to listen. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. So they can. The great thing is, it it is a podcast. So if you are confused about anything we're talking about. Um, go back to last week's podcast and you'll be able to listen and, and get up to speed. But don't do that now because you're listening to this week's show. And this <laughs> week we're going to talk about your ideas on what we should all be trying to do as members of the association to begin to start and, and have an impact on uh, on this uh, socially uh, awareness and, and knowing um, how to, to handle and change the sustainability of what we're all doing. So what are real quickly, Gina, what are some of your thoughts uh, on this topic? It's like, it's one thought and it, it is really and truly live consciously. And what I say to people is everything we do. And the easiest thing is make it all about me, make it all about you. When we get up in the morning, most of us flush the toilet, take a shower, use a whole bunch of products, you know, from anything from soap to hair conditioner to shampoo to shaving cream, whatever you do in the shower, and then you brush your teeth. And for women, we put on makeup. For men, they might put on cologne. Everything we do has an impact. And, and Matt, I mean that. Every single thing we do has an impact on the planet. Either we're consuming things or we're wasting things or we're using water or whatever. And instead of thinking, how can I help? It's so big. How can I change the world? Just ask yourself, what can I do today to make a difference? Turn the water off when I'm brushing my teeth. You know, recycling the toilet paper rolls and the, the use less paper towels. And if we do that, drive less. There's so many things, and to me, that's never daunting or depressing. It's exciting. What can I do to change one habit, make sure I turn my computer off before I leave the house because it, you know, it causes more heat, it uses more electricity. Right. So there are so many things you can do that you begin to feel as though you're part of the impact that's going to help benefit all of us. Well, I, I, for a second there, I thought you were going to say recycle the toilet paper, but you you, uh, you <laughs> said recycle the toilet paper roll, so that made me feel the a little roll. bit better. I mean, it's, yeah, it's okay, kind of a okay, joke good. in our house. I, like, <laughs> people have dared me to save all of the new, the toilet paper rolls from our house for one year, and I'm like, that is way too much information that you don't need from my house, <laughs> so we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's too much personal TMI, right? So, yes, um, yes. all right, well, well we, we acknowledge that there are some who don't see this as a problem and we respect that opinion, but obviously science uh, doesn't really back up uh, a lot of their thoughts. So, you know, you, you might get some pushback from friends and neighbors and, you know, we need to be respectful and know the facts as to be persuasive on this issue. And, and don't, you know, one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, people are like, well, the government will come up with an idea. Well, I mean, and we can look at hundreds of government programs, and it's quite obvious that the majority of the government doesn't know how to fix problems, um, and, and it takes us as individuals to, to, to make those changes. And as DJ was mentioning last week, many folks who work in the private service world uh, work for captains of the industry, and, and business is moved by public opinion and the desire to make a profit. So we can all vote with our dollars. And be aware of the cycles of nature, um, you know, by getting outside and, 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 and playing with, with children and, and learning how the planet works and 
how everybody is, is, you know, just become more aware of the outside and not just run from place to place, jump on your cell phone, you know, put your cell phone down when you're having your meals, uh, your, your family meals and, and, and things like that. So what I, what I would like to do is with that being said, I want to, I want to break it down to the specifics and what areas do you see that we need to address right now, Gina? Well, one of the things, if I may, is to go back to your comment about government. Because what I think, and, and you know me, you asked me on, so you're going to get the truth about what I believe. I think it has to be, there has to be some public policy with leadership and some things that we really just don't even want the government in our business to fix. And, I, and an example is, it's very sad to me that no community in the entire United States has willingly joined together to stop using plastic bags or even dramatically reduce it. The only places in the country where those programs have been successful has, has been, they've been legislated. So to me, I'm sorry that that's the truth, but there are times. And I just had some guests on from the head of our water department in Tucson the other day, and we are national spotlight for water for all the good reasons. And, you know, they were talking about they got a notice from the EPA that there are new contaminants in the water. So there are places where we need them, but take personal responsibility. And and that's, you know, my response to that. We need a balance of both. And in terms of the specific, we touched on this a little bit, but we talked about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And, you know, DJ, I really looked at those and looked a lot deeper since you and I discussed them, and they really spent a lot of time capturing it all they did not there is nothing here that i say well they forgot about this um they talk about the importance of clean water and sanitation they address hunger they're really big on the social justice parts because we can't have a sustainable planet when there are so many people living in poverty they talk about health education um gender equality you got it Reduced inequalities, um, life on the land, you know, life, life below the water, life in the water. And they really talk about how can we as a planet look at all of these goals and work together. And I call it raising the bottom because when you raise the bottom, everybody wins. So I think looking at those goals, there are 17 of them. But, you know, if every one of the listeners on this show went to Google that and looked at it, it might make you more aware of things that you can do or even a charity or an organization you want to contribute to, what your difference your $5 will make. So I think that those are, you know, like you, I said, there are physical things that you can do, but they talk about nature. Those are really important. And then we can never forget the economics. Um, we have to have sound industry and and companies that respect the environment, that really care about how we're building cities and how we're rebuilding cities and communities. So I think there's a lot of hope out there, but we really need to all be pulling in the same direction for our own survival. And that sounds a little bit extreme, but I don't think it is. Yeah, Gina, I couldn't agree with you more. When we look at the the sustainability movement and the whole of the the scale of the problem that we're we're having to deal with it is a worldwide problem this is not something that's just affecting the united states and sometimes i think we get a little tunnel visions here in america 
Yes. And that's where we the really UN myopic. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you hate to say it, but it, this is something that affects every person on the planet. And yes. so what the UN has done is they've broken it down into some wonderfully simple things, but they've taken the big thing. And, and like you were just saying, the economics of this, we can't fix our environmental issues unless we have changed the economic model by which we all live, because a lot of our economic model for how we sustain ourselves individually is based on having jobs that make producing things that we may not necessarily need. And I think the challenge for the millennials and for, you know, the generations and the leaders of industry is to sort of rethink like, well, how should we even be living as, as people yes. and what's really yes. important. And that's the big picture. You know, we can talk about toilet paper rolls and we can talk about the big picture, but we, you know, we need to blend both of those together but that's where I think what, what we really all should be doing and, and our role as private service professionals is really to help the world leaders who are thinking on that kind of scale. And that's what yes. I'm so proud to be a part of. And that's where I think we as PSP and the private service providers can really have an influence and can have a big influence in, in the future of the planet. So. Hey, but let's talk hey, about DJ, some of the, oh, yeah, 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 DJ, yeah, DJ and Gina, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get this uh, sustainable uh, development goals uh, by the UN, uh, this chart, I'm going to put it on our DEMA Facebook and Gina, oh, what I'd like you to do. It's a great infographic. Is, oh. <laughs> what I'd like you to do with that infographic is let's see if we can't get a discussion going uh, on Facebook on um, you know, some of the some of the main goals that you feel, Gina, are, are important. And let's just see how how many people we can get kind of involved with, with these and, and things that they feel are most important out of these, you know, 17 topics. Um, would you guys be game for that? You want to give it a shot? Okay, it's a great game idea, on. man. Game yeah. on, okay. and I'll tell our social media team, and I'll be sticking my toe in there, too. Great. All right. No, that, that sounds good. We'll, we'll, I love uh, that. I'll get that up here. Everybody who's listening, come give us some feedback. Make some comments. So, Gina, let's go on. What, what are the specific things, the specific areas that we should be working on with, with just, you know, in more of a more specific sort of ways? You know, I write a newsletter every other week, and sometimes I do this, and I call it, you know, your green report card. And I always see that as an opportunity to not – judge or feel guilty or assess or, oh, my gosh, I'm doing so poorly, but really reassess and reignite and reevaluate. And you can break it down so we all eat, right? And a lot of people, one of the fastest-growing industries in our country is gardening. People are putting in their own gardens, community gardens. The gardens are, you know, they're popping up all over in cities. So, Am I involved in producing my own food at all? And if that's not an option for you, to me, no matter where you live, there are farmer's markets. So go and support people that are producing their own food. And it's, a, it's an industry that will make your community more food secure and safer, and you'll be eating healthier food. And then, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, consumption. The number one problem, and DJ, you and I have talked about it, and I know you agree with me, we are massive consumers, and that's where all the problems started. How much stuff do I need? I was guilty of it. 
do I need five sets of wine glasses? I don't think so. Oh, but they were cute. Oh, they were on sale. Now I just want to get rid of stuff. So before you purchase, can I go to a, a secondhand store, a Goodwill, or a you know someplace where that they have a charitable component or they just have vintage stuff? Housing. I mean, there are a lot of people in my demographic that are questioning you know, where our kids are raised, we have these big houses, they use energy, they are just, like, they're energy vampires, and how much house do I need? And for the millennials, really, they're getting on to this. They want to live in cities, they want to live close to work, they don't want to have a car, which leads to the next one. There are simple things with transportation, like a lot of us, we are a big Wildcat country basketball team here in Tucson, and there are, like, ten of us that head down the same street to go six or seven miles to the basketball game. Well, I started saying, let's carpool. So the party starts in the car the minute everybody's in there, and you have one car going instead of seven, eight, or nine cars. So little things that, when I say make it fun, um, plan your trips so that you're not backtracking. If we collectively do this and the masses move, it's unbelievable. I mean, energy use. I don't know about most utility companies around the world um, or in the the United States. We have a very ethical one, in my opinion. So you can get time of use. You can go in and use, you know, do all these calculations that they do for you and tell you where you can cut back. Um, Another big one for me is waste. Uh, When I went to to the um, National Food Recovery Network and learned truly that 40% of the food that we um, produce is never eaten, a lot of that is waste and it's generated. And if you're eating a lot of packaged foods, there's a lot of generated waste in those things. And trust me, you shouldn't be eating too much packaged foods from the freezer. And then I think the next one is kind of like my big issue right now, I think sourcing is something that we need to wake up to as the biggest consumers in the world. Do we have products that we're using that are produced in a way that not just care about the environment and are respectful of that in their production, but who made those things? I pretty much want to know now where my clothing was made, who made it. I make a joke that drives my kids crazy as the blood of children on these clothes, because if they are, I don't want it. And it sounds extreme, but it's not. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, I think I sound like a pretty happy person. I am. I, I, I approach these things with joy and power that my purchase can make a difference, and I'm doing a little bit more homework. And the thing is, once you do the homework, it's done. You don't have to do it 16 times. You know, this company's ethical. These products are safe. These were ethically sourced. And that becomes your shopping list. Okay, well, let's let's talk about energy a little bit then. You mentioned energy use before. Um, how how can I reduce the amount of energy I'm consuming? Do you have any any thoughts on that? If in, in a specific, more specific sorts of way, you know, I I do, and it's some of it is like a little bit uncomfortable. But think about the days when we didn't have air conditioning. We keep our house somewhat warm when people come in there you know it can be a little bit uncomfortable but we have such a high energy bill from air conditioning and what are you using the products like petroleum is a byproduct that's in almost everything in plastics um, heating oil gasoline jet fuel you name it how can you be less of a user 
and more of a contributor by cutting down. And I mentioned this. Make fewer trips. You know, don't go four times to the grocery store and you forgot something. I think that's huge. And, again, avoid packaging. Most packaging is made from something awful, and that's the truth. It's like we get some things sometimes from Amazon, and it's this big box, and it has these horrible fillers in it, and there's like one little thing that we ordered. Avoid trying to buy things on Amazon is another good sorry. <laughs> um, and then remember that coal is really about electricity, and what would you do? What would we do as a country if we got rationed for electricity? Talk about a country in panic. We would be like, what? Don't take my electricity away. Um, so let's be proactive um, and really start thinking about the sourcing and do things like, which we have not done, is using a clothes dryer. And people nail me on that all the time and say, have you switched to a clothes dryer yet? Um, we don't. We wash all our clothes in cold water, which is all you ever need to do. That uses far less um, electricity. And then, once again, food, how you prepare it, um, not having to cook a lot, eating fresh fruits and vegetables, all of those things. And again, it may sound like such a little thing, and how can that matter? But if 10,000 people starting doing it today, and then another 10 and another 10, that's how we create mass and tipping points. So to mm -hmm. me, it's what is my personal responsibility in every area of my life? And don't make it hard and depressing. Make it an exciting challenge. I I completely agree with with all of that, Gina, and I think that you know what you're saying as far as making it easy. Um, that's probably the best thing to do. I, I know that we've recently uh, the new um, the new social politically correct thing to do. Uh, you know, we're starting to see it more and more. Are the uh, celebrities that are coming out and and they're doing yes. the the, natu the the naturalist um, right. concept where you know they're the the hunters that go out and they. You know, they, they go on these, um, I don't want to say safaris, but they go on these hunts and what they, they kill, they use all of the, by, the all of the byproducts of, of the animal, right? So they're using the, 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 uh, the fur for, for different clothing. They're using the, right. Um, right. the, the meat and all that stuff. Um, but a lot of that goes back into how do you store and keep it right? And, you know, I mean, right. You know, they're they're going on these hunts and they have a lot of meat to store. And I know uh, personally from from hunting up north that you know one deer can can supply a lot of meat for a family. So, but in 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 those things, that's a little bit harder, right, to swallow. Like, okay, right. I'm not going to go out and go hunting on a trip and and <laughs> use everything that I that I get. Um, and, and and while you would know exactly where that animal got all of its its meals from and all that stuff, uh, you know, it's not as easy as maybe some of the things that you just talked about. So I thought it was important just to mention that, you know, the, the naturalist. Uh, and um, Matt, there are movements. I just read about it. I just read about it last week. I didn't even know that that exists. A lot of hunters are, are doing, there is a big movement where they are using the meat, donating it to food pantries, community food banks, so there, where there's a will, there's a way, and that's a great way to give back and still be able to have fun. And hunting is such a critical part of the control of our animal populations. It, so it absolutely we is. I mean, we, we yeah. Touched, yeah, we touched on that last week uh, in the show, you know, how that impacts, um, you know, the different herds and, and sizes and all right. that stuff. So, right. um, 
one of the unique things, and I think that Gene, I think this is one of the the main reasons that you have um, have really gotten involved with DEMA as much as you have, is we're we're a little unique from the perspective that we have members who supply products um, that are used by other members. So in our association, we have the private service professionals that are helping maintain large home estates, anywhere from 10 to 30,000 square feet. There's a lot of products that are going into those homes. And a lot of our suppliers are the ones that are supplying that. So what are some of the suggestions you can give to those suppliers out there that are providing these products for our private service professionals? One of the most exciting things for me at DEMA was meeting Brian Bishop from Butler's Brand. You talk about someone that truly cares, that's excited, that has amazing products that are so safe and beautifully presented. I mean, he's he's like what I call the whole enchilada. So supporting that is really busy. I mean, really important for Butler's brand. And, you know, you are so right about what I learned about DEMA and how it's just kind of a wonderful hybrid of my world crossing into yours. And there is a lot of impact, potential impact. And what I say is, like, I'm a big method shopper. I have vetted method. I hope nobody catches me on it. But as far as a cleaning product and hand soap and all those things, they – they're a pretty well-vetted, well-established, sustainable company. But again, I come back to the same thing, Matt. Do your homework. There are products that are labeled green, that are labeled this, that are labeled that, and it's a bunch of garbage. Anybody can label it. There's not enough oversight. And make sure, and with the Internet access that we have, write some of the brands down and go to Google and find out what people who really care and have done their homework are saying about certain products. So I think it's really important. Work with ethical companies. Um, There are companies now that have really green packaging. They're using those peanuts that are probably almost edible because they're using, if you like cardboard, but they're not made from styrofoam. (laughs) So there's just all of these pieces that you can do that are just, it's again, it's that awareness. How do I show up? every day aware and you have a huge potential to impact what happens to the planet and just you know use your power absolutely and we all have that power and working together uh, we can all make a difference it's not just one person working by themselves and you can never look at it that way Um, never you know you know, some people it takes six, seven times to reach them and convince them how to join DEMA. I can only imagine how many times it takes to reach out and touch someone to make them understand that they can make a difference in sustainability and, and, and making the, uh, the earth a little bit greener. So um, do you have a number on that, by the way? How many times do you have to touch someone before they decide that they want to get involved in like the recycling efforts and stuff like that? You know, the, there really is a number and it, it's, I think I can't scientifically support it like seven times before people right. start listening and that's even in sales. So you just you just keep I just keep showing up with my message and when the student is ready the teacher appears and I just keep hoping that more and more people will not only be receptive to the teacher but then be the teacher <laughs> because by example lead by example that's the way this whole thing is going to work 
and I do believe there's some urgency to that. It's we it's it's not oh I might do it tomorrow. We we all need to be front and center today. Absolutely, so, and I think that that's. Nope, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine, Matt. Go ahead. So with that, obviously, recycling is a, is a huge part of that uh, towards the sustainability. What are your thoughts about recycling? How how can we make an impact on that? It's probably my favorite question because I want to remind people the first R is reduce. There's a reason that the third one is recycle. So people very proudly tell me, oh, I recycle this, I recycle that, and I say that is wonderful. Of course I say that, and it's important. But really the mindset is reduce. That's the number one mindset. Do I need this sweater? Do I need another pair of shoes? Am I going to eat this food? It's just just because it's on sale. All of those things are reducing the carbon footprint. And, I, you know, that's sometimes just a sweet euphemism. I think what we need to say is reducing our impact on Mother Earth and make it real because that's the planet is not a renewable resource the way that we're treating it right now. Um, we have renewable resources like the sun. That's the, that's the renewable resource. But the first R is reduce, and that's the message that I would love us to spread for this show. Gina, listen, I have one quick question I'd like to get in before we end this show today. And it's kind of an elephant in the room for a lot of us who work in private service. But, you know, a lot of us work for some of the most affluent people in the world. And as such, they live in some of the biggest houses. They travel more than anyone else. And in many cases, they're wasteful beyond belief. So what would your thoughts be? Or what, what's a person who cares about these issues that works in private service? What, what would your advice be? for some person in that particular situation? You know, DJ, what I do, I can just say what I do is what do I have control over? And if I'm in that household and I'm responsible for purchasing or I'm responsible for when they're not there, what is the temperature? If I have a great relationship with some of those industry leaders and and immensely wealthy people, are there ways that you can keep your job and interject some observations about ways to make a difference? And I think it's it's a it's a very you know it's not a slippery slope, but it's a delicate conversation because I think you can have an impact on people by just showing up differently and doing things, and they might notice a recycling bin somewhere in the you know in the kitchen area or whatever. Notice things that are are happening that are changes and a lot of times I think people are very unaware and if you can start chipping away a little bit to raise the awareness it can create a tipping point in them and then you have major leaders making a difference just keep showing up as you and controlling what you can yep I agree with that and just do it little by little. Obviously, you know that's it's a really tough, tough and and sticky subject yep. because you can only Keep do dripping. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Keep dripping. Um, on them. Keep dripping on them. Yeah. Yep. So you uh, you definitely have uh, you definitely have dripped on us enough, Gina. So uh, at Dima, uh, we want to ask you, how can we make a difference? 
I think you are making a difference by just, this is crazy, but by just inviting me to be on the panel at the conference, that said a, a big statement. And I made great connections and people cared and I'm emailing some of them. So continuing to make it a priority in the in the uh, meetings that you have and the plans that you make for gathering people and call on your association members to say, would you be responsible for the green minute in this meeting? You know what I mean? There's little things that you can do. I'm in a statewide association of female entrepreneurs, and that's what they have me do. They have me do a sustainability tip at each one of our monthly meetings, and of course I love it. So I think continuing to have it as a focus and a, and a core value, and then when you have these gatherings, make sure sustainability is a part of the conversation. I think I think you're doing a great job from what I've seen so far. Yeah, and you know, Gina, in light of that, I, I'd just like to say that I think as uh, a member of, of the Domestic Estate Management Association now for two or three years, one of the things that I'm finding is is that this is really one of the benefits that I'm getting because when we meet together, I feel supported by other people who are working in the industry that are feeling the same frustrations maybe that I am. And I think it's probably one of the best things that the association could be doing is just helping us to all come together around these kinds of topics and kind of support each other and, and hold each other up when we get to feeling down and discouraged, we can make, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can be daunting and it, you do need each other to keep, keep one step in front of the other and not have it shut you down. I mean, it really matters a lot. There are days after I interview a guest, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> let's, let's just <laughs> rack up the credit cards, get on the plane and, and then my senses <laughs> kick in and I want to be part of the solution. Well, I think you're definitely doing a great job at being part of the solution. And um, I know that this is definitely one of the most politically sensitive topics that we've handled and discussed here on DEMA Live. Um, We would like to do our part uh, to work on this issue and and would like to solicit our members' uh, inputs and on different ways that, that, that we can make a difference as well as they can make a difference. So, you know, we're going to definitely encourage uh, Gina to get more involved with our, uh, with our association. Um, I love the tips idea. That might be great if you could just share those with, uh, with Beth and we can uh, use the same tips as the other women's organization that you're a part of so that we don't have to make you do too much work, Gina. Right. Um, but we, <laughs> we can, we can share those same tips with, with our group and, uh, and, and, watch and obviously, the, watch for the Facebook posting. Yeah, watch yep. for the Facebook posting. We'll put that on. Um, and obviously, Gina, if you've got anything, you know, throw it on Facebook. Let's let's get every let's keep everyone aware of it and uh, keep moving towards that um, greener, sustainable uh, planet. And if people right. have questions, Gina, what how how do they get in touch with you? The best way really is via email not private messaging on Facebook because I'm not on Facebook much. So Gina, G-I-N-A, at Mrs. Green's World is great. My website is mrsgreensworld.com, and you can do info at Mrs. Green's World, and Kelly answers those emails or get you know contacts me. And my phone number is very easy. It's 520-230-3977, and I'll say it again. 520-230-3977 and if you want me it's extension 7 
But the best way really is Gina at Mrs. Green's World. And, you know, I encourage, I have got one thing that I think people could do in DEMA, and it may sound self-serving, but when you're about serving the planet, it is it is absolutely my offer. Some of my podcasts are amazing because of the guests I have and hopefully because I ask really good questions like you do and they're fun. I I was I just interviewed this guy and I know we have to hurry who is but he's doing fishing expeditions in Amsterdam canals for plastic. And you know his first big client was Starbucks that used it as a team building explanate, you know, exercise, but there's great things going on in the planet and I want to have a fishing expedition in the canals in Amsterdam and they literally fish for plastic and then they That's come back awesome. and they make it into things. I mean, it's hysterical, right, Matt? Want to go yeah, fishing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm <laughs> what there. I will, we'll, I caught, we'll all yeah. go. It'll be perfect. Yeah, I caught four plastic bottles. How many did you get? <laughs> you know, yeah, funny. exactly. Well, listen, I really appreciate you having you on the show the last couple of Thank you shows so that we've had. Much. And uh, we, we appreciate all the insight that you've shared with us. Uh, DJ, as always, thank you for joining me uh, on the show. Uh, if you have any questions regarding how you can make a difference or get involved in the local DEMA chapters, please feel free to send any questions to info at domesticmanagers.com. Uh, our show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes. Uh, if you subscribe, you will be notified when we post our most recent episodes. We will be back on air next Wednesday, October the 19th, with Bartlett Tree, and we will be discussing winter preparedness. What are some of the things that you need to do to get ready for winter when it comes to your landscape? I've been your host, Matthew Hack. On behalf of all my colleagues and staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those that serve others. Thank you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.